folks. Welcome into another edition of Mid-State 48, driven by Miracle Auto Group. We're into week number nine of the regular season. Scott and Cam are with me on this episode. Guys, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing, doing well, doing well. Uh, excited. Uh, you know, it's a light week for us, but uh, got some important games going on this week, as we'll get get to a little bit later on. Yeah, but it is a light week. Nearly half the coverage area is out on fall break, so you know, the schedule will be pretty sparse when we see you Saturday morning on the school board show. But there's, like I said, still some important games to talk about, and we'll get to them in who you got in this segment. In this in this episode, we've got Chase Brooks from East Robertson, head coach over there. Going to talk to him in a bit about the game coming up Friday at Westmoreland for the Region Four Two A title for that for that bunch. It's a it's a big one over there, probably arguably the biggest one in this area considering the playoff circumstances. Yeah, it, it doesn't get a whole lot uh, a whole lot bigger. The stakes don't get a whole lot higher for those for those two teams. It's something that uh, you know we could see coming down the pike, and it's uh, going to be. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm I'm envious that uh, it's the spotlight game, and you're going to be there. And guys, you know, talking about that game, uh, I was talking to some guys at work and around uh, the Sumner County area. You know, this game is probably one of the b- bigger games in East Robertson school history, uh, and it has to be one of the biggest games in Westmoreland uh, in at least a decade. Uh, yeah, definitely, and, and arguably maybe longer. Um, yeah. Westmoreland's big, been some big games in school history, but it's been a while since they've been, you know, at, at this point in the rankings I as would, far as their class goes. I would get there early if you want to park anywhere near – the field. Uh, I would get there. I would get there as early as you possibly can. Yeah, thankfully I have the day off on Friday, so I'm getting up there very, very early. Yeah, may, may have to go visit though Harper's in Scottsville, Kentucky to get some catfish. I don't know. It's been a minute since I've been up there. So can't beat Harper's. That was a good thing. There we go. Yeah. Speaking of those rankings, let's uh, look at those rankings after week number eight has concluded. Son, not a ton of movement as far as teams dropping in or out, but there was some shuffling in these rankings we start in 6a where all but oakland moved a spot or two at least and even though oakland lost they still have that number one spot though they did drop a few first place votes this week they got 13 of the 16 that were hand or the 18 that were handed out so yeah I, well i was just gonna say with oakland chris that uh yeah they're, they're still the class of the of, of 6a and um I don't, I don't see any, you know, knocking them down, you know, with that loss. I agree. Yeah. Cambridge, Cambridge at number two this week, up, up two spots and the Ravens seven and one as they hit their pie week this week. Um, look down the list. Centennial got a first place vote in sixth. Yeah. And you know, Centennial's that, uh, that one Friday night, uh, that turned into a Saturday morning. They're, they're that, <laughs> that weekend away from being undefeated. I uh, had a lead on Friday night when the game was postponed and wound up losing on Saturday morning to Independence. Uh, but that Centennial team picked up a huge win over Ravenwood last week, 28-24. Uh, and uh, the Cougars are a team that uh, has been sliding under the radar, but uh, here they are at number six and, and could climb higher than that. Yeah, they, they are officially no longer under the radar. They are on the radar of the entire state. So, yep. Ravenwood at nine and Blackman at ten to round up the top ten. Both of those teams sliding down the list, but not out of the top ten this week. Each yeah, good. votes as well. So Scott, sorry, Scott. no, I was just going to say, and and you know Ravenwood, uh, depending on you know how long they're without Chris Parson, um, they could slide out of this list if they're, you know, if things don't uh, if things don't turn around for them. Yeah, yeah and one team that's uh, receiving votes. Uh, but I don't think they've been in the top ten all year, and that's Beach. You know, they they're a one loss team. Uh, they're they're a team that you know we talk about teams sliding under the radar. There's a bunch of them, but the the Buccaneers uh, are no joke. Yeah, you look at that group that's receiving votes, and Beach and Brentwood play each other next week, which is important for a number of reasons. And you know, one of those two teams should climb in the top ten if they're able to maintain their winning ways. Let's look over at 5A real quick. You know, Nolansville beat Page in overtime last week and jumped up to number three where Page slipped a couple of spots to the fourth. And with Mount Juliet is sitting there in the number nine spot, they're the other area team in the top ten this week. Yes, yeah, Page slips down and I still get the uh, first place vote. 
<laughs> Nolansville <laughs> jumps up over him. Okay, logic. Right. A little surprising about that. I figured no one's all might get a first place vote. Yeah, that's what I, thought. I figured. They would be at least two. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, you know, what do we. Yeah. And you got Springfield and Green Hill also getting votes outside the top 10. Springfield, after that loss at Beach, fell out of the top 10 from eighth to that next group. Yeah. That injury to Devin Crenshaw could, could wind up uh, halting the Yellow Jacket season here late, late in the season. Remains to be seen if he'll be able to go against Portland, but if he does, then they may be able to withstand it. Over in 4A, Pearl Cone and Macon County 5th and 6th, and the Cab County rounds out the top 10. Well, I think, uh, again, Pearl just continues to climb. Um, you know, when it's all said and done, you'll probably see him a little higher than this, but uh, those teams above them, uh, I don't know that they'll be able to leapfrog all of them, so... Yeah. yeah, one big game this week. Uh, it's actually out of our area, but uh, number four, Red Bank, goes on the road to play Fayetteville, uh, which I believe, as you'll see later on there, at least one or two there in, in 1A. Um, you know, they've already had a, have a victory over a top 10 4A school in Upperman. Uh, that should be a really good game in the mid-state uh, just outside of the 615 area code. Yeah. And we knew that DeKalb County, uh, you know, they're hanging in there. They're yeah. definitely that you can't take lightly uh, with Kobe Barnes' performances and, and as well with, uh, you know, Coach Trapp um, has mentioned it in a couple of interviews, but uh, his offensive line is pretty big, and they're pretty physical. Uh, they really took it to a, a good Smith County team earlier in the year. Um, that county team has a, a huge game Friday night against Upperman, uh, a game that could really catapult them into uh, possibly hosting a playoff game. Yeah, you don't see many regions with the four teams in the top 10, but no, 4-4-A does have that with Macon County, Upperman, Stone Memorial, and DeKalb County all sitting there in, in the 6 through 10 spots. And you know, Macon County's win at Stone Memorial puts them back in the driver's seat to win the region, but they must win out to do so, and that includes a non-region game at Smith County next week, and we'll tell you more about that a little bit later on. Uh, over in 3-A, Alcoa, East Nashville 1-2. and two. Again this week, East Nashville does get a first-place vote out of it. Looking down at number eight, where Smith County is this week, they jumped up one spot. And I think they may continue to climb. You know, I think you have a – it's it's pretty simple. I mean, I think you have a, a clear-cut one, two, and three A. Uh, it's pretty much been that way all year. Uh, everybody anticipating a possible rematch in Chattanooga. Um, but that Smith County team, man, they, they're the type of team that you don't want to play. You know, they're not uh, overly athletic, but uh, they're they're big, they're physical. Uh, play really sound on the defense side of the ball. They're, you know, they're they're a team that East Nashville can't overlook. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, Fairview getting votes in the poll this week as well, just outside of the top ten. Then the Yellow Jackets will continue to climb if they can beat Waverly in Week Eleven. But that's a couple of weeks down the road. On to two A, where East Robertson sitting there at number six, the only area team in the top ten. But Westmoreland is getting some votes there. Yeah, and guys, we've said it for the last five weeks. I don't know how this Westmoreland team is not on this list. And, and you better believe that they probably have a copy of this hanging on their wall somewhere. Um, yeah, that I, I can't believe it either. I mean, what else has Westmoreland got to do? No. I mean, honestly. I think, I think it's simple. Beat East Robertson, and you're going to be in the top ten. That, I yeah. think it's a no-brainer for me, at least. Um 1A, Gordonsville, is the only other team getting votes outside the top 10 this week. So they're, they're the same boat as Westmoreland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, beat the, uh, they beat the number nine team. They were up 42-7. to seven. Uh, Wanted up giving up a couple late scores, make it 42-21. But uh, you'll see in a couple weeks they have a huge game against Clay County for the region championship. Uh, huge game not only for, for home playoff games, uh, being at home through the semifinals, but as well as – uh, having the other one go and beat up on South Pittsburgh before you would have to play them in the quarterfinals. That, that's a huge advantage as yeah. well. Yep. Right. Look at Division Two. not a lot changing there. And single-A, Nashville Christian jumps up to fifth. Grace Christian fell out. Uh, Clarksville Academy and Grace Christian have some votes as well. Friendship Christian still a, a near unanimous number one. But Middle Tennessee Christian, now number three. What, what, wait a minute. Somebody changed the vote. I don't see Mount Julia Christian. Uh, we're not going to discuss that again. 
I think somebody finally got a little bit of homework done this week, so uh, kudos yeah. to them. Double uh, A Lipscomb Academy is a unanimous number one. FRA is fifth. CPA just outside in sixth. And in Triple A, it's NBA. It's unanimous. BA is now fourth and ends with fifth. And those two teams will score off next week. Yeah, that uh, those top five right there in Division Two Triple A, man, all, all five of those can uh, hoist that gold ball in, in Chattanooga at the end of the year. It's just a uh, luck of the draw, and, and anybody can knock off NBA or Baylor. Let's take a little bit of a breather for just a second. And while I pull up this player of the week stuff, because we had several good candidates to talk about. Each week, the player of the week segment is brought to you by Miracle Auto Group, Miracle Ford, Miracle Chrysler, Dodge Jeep Ram up there in Gallatin. Certainly thankful to have them as a sponsor for that award as well. Hank Brown from Lipscomb Academy, 17 to 27 for 318 yards, four touchdowns as they shut out Knoxville Catholic, 42 nothing. Clarksville's Jamar, Jamar Carnell, two, 28 carries, 216 yards, three scores, two two point conversions, 10 tackles on defense, and a couple of pass breakups when they beat West Creek, 30 to 14. Beaches Darius Johnson, 13 carries, 258 yards, two touchdowns when they knocked off Springfield, 42 10. Scott was at that one. Stevan Mack from Hendersonville, 22 carries, 2,298 yards, and five touchdowns. And Hendersonville needed all of those because they held on to beat Shelbyville 40 to 34. DJ Merriweather from Clarksville Academy, 20 of 33, 281 yards, and three touchdowns. 13 carries, 116 yards, and a rushing touchdown in the Cougars' 27 to 22 victory over Grace Christian. And Davidson Academy's Knox Roberts, 18 of 28 for 242 yards and four touchdowns as the Bears won 49-20 at North Point Christian. So the votes are in, and you all voted for Stevan Mack from Hendersonville to represent you in this week's voting. Tom Duggan, unfortunately, couldn't be on the show tonight. He has Stevan Mack as well. Cam, you went with DJ Merriweather. I did. Uh, a guy that's been on the list a couple times this year, and, and you can't argue with 400 yards of offense in a big region game for them against uh, Grace Christian and Franklin. Uh, really catapulted the, the Clarksville Academy team to a huge game, a huge win that they had to have as far as playoff purposes go. Yep. Scott, you chose Darius Johnson for good reason. Yeah, I, you know, playing against a team like uh, uh, like Springfield, uh, they needed a spark, and he, he definitely gave it to them and then some. Uh, I just thought that considering the uh, considering the opponent that uh, – you know, his contributions were just incredibly valuable. I went with Stevan Mack. Uh, I didn't really consider the opponent here because Hendersonville needed every every yard and every point that he scored in order to not fall to Shelbyville in that 40-34 to 34 win. He's had a couple of big performances this year, and for me, this one put him over the top for our Miracle Auto Group Player of the Week award. So congratulations to Stevan Mack from Hendersonville to win the Player of the Week award for this week. Uh, we will get some hardware out to you very, very soon. Thanks to Miracle Auto Group for sponsoring both that award and this show. So why don't we hear from them? Are you ready for a miracle? Get 4891 in total savings with zero down on a new 22 Dodge Durango GT+. Miracle savings plus manufacturer incentives equals 4891 in total savings at Miracle Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Gallatin. Get 4891 in total savings on a new 22 Dodge Durango GT+. Are you ready for a miracle? Glad to have East Robertson head coach Chase Brooks join us this week. Um, big region game over there against Westmoreland up there in Sumner County this week. Uh, coach, thanks for hopping on with us and taking some time this week. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. There's a lot surrounding this game, obviously, the way that the two teams have kind of played. It's been everything's pointed toward this game on, on, on Friday night. Um, what's the mood around the locker room right now? Excited. Uh, we, you know, we've talked to these guys. You know, it's been a long time since East. Uh, has been able to play for a region championship, and we just talk about how special that is. And you know, it didn't happen doesn't happen all the time. But moving forward, you know, this kind of an expectation of ours is, you know, that we're supposed to be here. You know, that no longer are we 
you know, kind of the redhead stepchild of the, of the region, you know, we're here to play and, you know, make sure that, you know, we're able to make some noise each and every year and, and have expectations to be here. Yeah, the way this region has played out this year with the Indians resurgence and you know, Westmoreland having such a stout defense and Trousdale County, Watertown having their struggles, did you kind of see this coming or it was or some of this kind of taken you by surprise? Uh, you know, we looked at the kind of the schedule and, and who had who coming back uh, for this upcoming season. And we knew that, you know, Westmoreland was going to be strong. You know, they had a very uh, – a lot of seniors – or juniors going to be seniors returning uh, for this year. We knew that Watertown had lost uh, quite a few guys. We knew that, you know, Trazo, you know, lost a few guys. And, and we saw, you know, just kind of the changing of guard in this region, you know, just from, you know, experience and, you know, who was coming back uh, from last year. I want to talk about your defense because everything – has been made about your offense and the skill players you guys possess, but the defense is only a lot of 88 points in seven games. I mean, we talk about Westmoreland's defense, but your defense has been pretty darn good too, considering that half of those points came against making counting week one. Right. You know, we preach that, you know, we want to get better each and every week, no matter who we're playing. Uh, you know, Westmoreland's you know, played a very, very tough schedule uh, and, and who they've played their non-region games with uh, and who we've played, you know, it's probably not the par who they've, who they've played so far this season. But we preach on defense that we got to get better each and every week. In that first game, uh, you know, we're playing a lot of young guys. We had four freshmen on the field and three sophomores. So uh, the old uh, coaching rule is, you know, for every sophomore that you play, that's a loss. And so we're playing, you know, three sophomores and four freshmen. Uh, and so, you know, we just feel like we're trying to get better each and every week. Scott, you anything? Yeah. Uh, Coach, what is, what is it about uh, the Westmoreland defense that makes them uh, – so, such a tough, uh, a tough defense, and 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 how do you how do you attack that? You know, they're just sound in what they do. You know, they play sound football. And, uh, they're kind of technicians. Uh, you know, they run the football well. They're not let you get outside of them. Uh, and so, you know, we're just trying to come up with ways, just trying to move the football. Uh, you know, trying to challenge our guys. <clears throat> you know, to make sure that we're staying on blocks and make sure our backs are you know cutting off you know the butts of these blocks. Uh, you know, the challenge is is just you know being. Not getting upset, you know, last week when we played Watertown, you know, our guys kind of got upset with four and five yard gains. And, and, you know, we're trying to tell them that's a good thing. You know, we keep the chains moving, uh, but they're used to, you know, those 40, 50 yard gains. You know, they kind of get discouraged when they're only getting five and six yards uh, carry. So, you know, telling our guys that, you know, that's a good thing. And, you know, you get a couple of those together, that's a, that's a first down. So, you know, we're just hoping to move the football, you know, against that very, very tough uh, uh, Westmoreland defense. That kind of a uh, precursor to what you might see this week to get them prepared for that, considering how tough their defense is. A uh, couple of things that I know Cam wanted to ask. He can't be on here right now. Uh, the game plan for blocking Dawson Borders and Nick Gray were 58 and 27, respectively. How do you get those guys contained a little bit to allow your skill guys to get outside and use shoulder speed? You know, uh, you know, it's just taking care of the box, you know, playing assignment, you know, uh, on offense, you know, uh, taking care of your assignments, you know, getting your body in position to, to cut off and, uh, you know, just challenging our guys. You know, those guys are going to be really tough. You know, the Watertown guys uh, play very similar defense. You know, they're, they're tough. They run the football. Uh, they're not going to give up the big play uh, a lot like Westmoreland. Uh, and so just playing Watertown and then Westmoreland was kind of a, a good week, a good, good week of preparation of, you know, what we're going to see and uh, what we're going to continue to see this week. So it's, it's a big challenge for our guys to, to block those guys. I was going to say you, you talk about blocking. Talk about your offensive line because you, you uh, your team has done a wonderful job of running the ball. Zachariah Prince is uh, he's put up some some big numbers, but you know it all starts up front. Now, tell me about those guys. Yeah, we get we got a very similar group up front. Our offensive line, uh, you know, just mean, nasty uh, type guys. Love to run the football. You know, begging us to run the football when they come to the sideline. Uh, and so they've been really our biggest difference maker. You know, even though we have the athletes. Uh, you know, Z Prince, we got Isaiah Groves, we got Sean Groves. Uh, you know, a lot of guys that, you know, can, can, you know, with the ball in their hand are very special. Uh, but it starts with the offensive line. You know, those guys just coming off the ball, you know, staying low, uh, staying on blocks and, you know, and driving their guys off the football. Uh, so everything's just kind of revolved around our offensive line. What would winning this game and, and winning your region title mean for East Robertson? It's big. You know, we talked about the playoffs and, and how this year our region set up for us. Uh, whoever, you know, us for us wins that game will host throughout the playoffs as long as you continue to win. So it, it's huge not only, you know, for a playoff stand, but, you know, also, you know, for, 
Uh, somebody told me, I think, last time that, you know, East Robertson won a, a championship, a region championship was 2005. Uh, so just to kind of keep keep things rolling and keep the kids believing in what we're trying to do here uh, and changing the culture and, and changing what we're doing here, uh, it's going to be huge. Uh, How is the community and 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 support and and uh, involvement been uh, with the success of your program? Oh, it's amazing. You know, one of the things that, you know, when I was taking this job that I was talking to people, you know, around the community and, uh, you know, saying how much support they have, you know, even if they're down, they're winning, whatever, people show up to the games. Uh, you know, amount of people that's willing to help, you know, paint a line or, or, or uh, you know, clean the stadium or pick up, you know, whatever we ask them to do. You know, it's just amazing these small town communities, uh, how much they love football, and, you know, how much football, how, how, how important football is to them. Uh, and so it really shows, you know, we, we have a lot of support, a lot of people willing to do a lot of things for us, uh, especially right now. When you took the job at East Robertson and you knew you had some talent that you were inheriting over there, what was one of the first things that you did to kind of set the tone for this group of kids as far as what you expected from them? You know, we, we created competition, ways to compete, you know, whether that was, you know, running, whether that was doing push-ups, whether that was in the weight room doing little things. Uh, we, we try to create a constant environment of competition and, you know, telling them it's not okay to, you know, to lose, not okay uh, to come in second. You know, you're, you're trying to do everything you can to win whatever we're trying to do. Checkers chess, it doesn't matter. You know, we're, we're, we want to win. And so just, you know, challenging those guys and, and you know, forcing them to compete uh, each and every day, you know, it's really paid off for us here, here in the last couple of weeks. Well, well, who would you say that might have been a player that has broken out this year and then had a big breakout year? We got uh, two kids that we're, you know, extremely proud of, you know, that, that's really stepped up on offense. You know, Z Prince, uh, a kid that, you know, rushed for 700 yards last year. You know, looking at him and, and what he was able to do last year, you know, we thought Isaiah coming into the season was going to be, you know, our, kind of our feature back. And, you know, uh, Zeke or Z was going to kind of back him up. But it's kind of been, you know, with Isaiah's injury, you know, Z's really taken off, and that kid has gotten better each and every week. Uh, just understanding where to hit the hole and, and how to follow his blocks. Uh, just, you know, outstanding young man. You know, he, he's a great kid, great, uh, you know, young man to be around. He's fun and, uh, you know, he's doing special things on offense. And then defensively, uh, our middle linebacker, uh, Dallas uh, Caffrey, is, you know, he's doing an excellent job. You know, he does a great job of reading. Uh, you know, runs the football, you know, he's kind of a headhunter. Uh, really, uh, he's really stepped up and made a lot of plays for us. You know, he calls the defense and does a lot of great things for us. Uh, Coach, you know, one person that uh, that we don't tend to talk about on uh, offensively is your quarterback, Colin Cook. And, uh, you know, what what is he showing you this year as far as uh, his play and his leadership go? You know, his leadership is, you know, the most important. You know, he's the guy that gets us lined up, calls the play, gets us in position to make plays. You know, we're able to tweak things during the game. Uh, you know, a very football-savvy uh, player. that You can make adjustments on the fly. And so our offense really runs through him. You know, he throws a great touch ball. Uh, you know, been able to, to hook up with uh, Sean Groves a whole bunch this season. And uh, we're just hoping to get Elijah Groves, you know, another weapon, you know, that's kind of been hurt the whole year. We're hoping to get him kind of healthy, you know, moving forward so we have another target. But, you know, he's big and just, you know, setting offense, getting us going, uh, making adjustments on the fly. You know, just a great young man, great great character uh, young man. Uh, we really, 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 really like him. You mentioned Elijah Groves. Is he starting to get close to being back to getting on the field again? Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, you know, got his cast off, you know, last week. Uh, so still working to kind of get him back in the groove of things in the offense. Uh, he's been doing very well on defense, making a lot of plays over there. But, you know, hopefully moving forward as we get to the playoffs, uh, we'll see him making a lot of plays on offense as well. Uh, Coach, one thing you, uh, I've noticed that, uh, and it, it, it's a kind of a, a neat thing that, to, to witness uh, from our vantage point, you have a very passionate uh, coaching staff. Yes, uh, they really seem to, to you know, to, to, to care about the kids and to get into uh you know, and to instruct them. But at the same time, they're as competitive as it's just about anybody. No doubt. You know, and, and even in our own practice, you know, uh, our varsity is going against our scout team. You know, we're, we're getting into it with each other. You know, we're trying to get side fired up. You know, we're really, you know, almost you know, trying to kill each other out there, you know, during our, our team sessions. Because, again, how competitive we are and, you know, how much that the other side hates to lose and hates to give up anything, you know. So it, it makes practice interesting, you know, competition comes out uh, and it makes the players better, I believe. 
I, I'm looking forward to Friday night getting over there and seeing you guys in Westmoreland because it should be a good one with uh, both teams as good as they have been this year. So certainly looking forward to that. Scott, you got anything else? No, I don't. Okay. Well, Coach, appreciate you coming on with us this week. Uh, no, I'll see you Friday night, and good luck to you and the Indians over there in Westmoreland. It's, it's going to be a big one, going to be a fun one. Yes, sir. Thank you all so much. All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Coach. Well, we didn't see Gridiron Eats last week, but Scott did get to get out to beach last week and get some food for himself. So let's see what he got into. You can see we're getting ready uh, for the, uh, the beach and Springfield game, and I'm here with Shannon. And Shannon, uh, you've got several unique eats here. Uh, why don't you tell me about a little bit about uh, what you are? I mean, who you are, what you do, and I just—I started with this program. It's been some years ago. Back back in 2008 was our first game. My wife and I have missed only one since then, but. I've just gotten more involved in the program as you know, as we over the years, and you know the concession stand was a piece of the puzzle, and we started building on it, trying to make it something that was, you know, that was going to be productive, was going to be profitable, something we could give a good product out, you know, and put you know put a good food out, you know, and, and people and people come want to and want to come here, and that's what we do, and we serve a lot of different things. I mean, across the board, a lot of people kind of reference it like a like a uh, you know a restaurant type thing. It's somewhat like that. It's not really like that. I mean, we do hamburgers and cheeseburgers. I do pork loin sandwiches on Friday nights, you know, but we do all the games here. I don't just do one of them. I do all of them. You know, we do all 43 games throughout the year. So even the fifth and sixth grade games, the middle school games, our freshman games, our JV games, all of it. So, and you know, I do ice cream, we do fried pies, we do funnel cakes, I do Arnold Palmer's, we do, you know, fresh squeezed lemonade, uh, you know, and we just try to cater to, I do a, I do a really nice golf course type hot dog, you know, and things like that. We do french fries, which is kind of the basis of, you know, what we do. I call it the hub of everything that's here because we sell so many french fries and uh, it, it's turned out really good. Folks, I can... Folks, I can tell you that the French fries are delicious. I've already partaken of the cheese fries uh, just as a precursor. I'm, I'm looking forward to some of the other things that you have. Now, you told me that if there's something going on in this field, you're here. It may not be the same menu, but you support just about every activity that goes on here. I support it all, whether it's, whether it's basketball, I mean, not basketball, whether it's cheerleading, whether it's a band, you know, who it is. If there's an activity on this field, then we always open, we always open this thing up. You know, it's, I want everybody to, to be happy with it, and, and that's what we do. Everybody's, everybody's covered across the board. Well, we, have, we, have, we average about 43 games a year on this field between all of them. And it, it's a lot of work. You know, it's a couple months of, you know, hard work. But outside of that, I mean, it's just a lot of fun. Well, judging from the line over here, I can tell that they're enjoying it. I'm going to step inside and take a look at uh, some of your offerings, and then I'm going to try some. All right. So, all right, folks, <laughs> get ready. Uh, thank you so much. So we're, we're seeing the funnel cakes going on and the fried pies right now. Right. And, and your name, sir? Scott. Scott. Yeah. Good name. My name's Scott. All right. Uh, and you're making the uh, funnel cakes, and I and see honey, the fried honey buns. Oh, fried honey buns. And fried pies. Oh my goodness. Okay. And apple peach and chocolate. Oh, oh, chocolate. Okay, I'll be trying one of those here shortly. All right. uh, we got the wrapping station going on over here. Very, very busy tonight. Now we're out here where the. We're out here where the, the grills and the fryers are. These gentlemen are busy getting it going. You, you heard Shannon talk about the fries, how good they are. Can't beat them, he says. And I will tell you, they are hard to beat. I had some earlier. And here we have the gentleman on the, on the fryer. He's got it lined up. I mean, what a display here of culinary delights. All right, I'm done. I'm in line. I got to go. So here's what we have. We have the fried honey bun with ice cream. And here we have the fried peach pie with ice cream. We're going to give them both a try. And uh, we're going to see how they are. Okay, so first I'm going to try the peach pie with ice cream. Oh, my God. Oh my goodness. The pie is flaky. The filling is warm from the fry, but the cold ice cream with it. Oh man, that is so good. You guys got to come get some of this. Now we're going to try the uh, honey bun. 
I promise, I promise I'm gonna run later up and down the sidelines. Let's try this. We'd like to welcome our guests from Springfield to the Shackalala Theater here in Hendersonville. Before we get started here tonight, we're going to help you get acquainted with Folks, you guys got to come down and try this. This is amazing. I can't tell you which one's better because I don't know. But I can tell you these won't last very long because I'm going to eat them. Make sure that you guys come down to beach. Come down the concession stand, see Mr. Shannon, and enjoy uh, all the good things they have to eat. So I will first, I volunteer to go cover any game at beach. <laughs> Don't sleep on the pork loin. I didn't have it on uh, on that video, but the pork loin is very, very good as well. Um, I'm all in at Honey Bun. Oh, my gosh. Agreed. I tell you. <laughs> Well, the, the good thing is, is that I still haven't tried the apple and I still haven't tried the chocolate. So I have reasons. <laughs> so, so what you're telling me, Scott, is you're trying to go back. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Scott is my new best friend. <laughs> mm. Mm, there you go. <laughs> well, all right. That that uh, that does it for Gridiron Eats for this week. And uh, very good looking menu over there at Beach. And uh, judging from someone who's covered plenty of games over there, I can tell you they do a great job. So. Before we go any further, let's hear from Innovate Medical. It is that time of the week again where we try to pick some winners. It's who you got. Let's bring up uh, last week's results briefly because it doesn't look great. There's a lot of bloodshed. Ugly. <laughs> but yeah, that's the word to describe it, Cam. Spot on. Yeah. Uh, everybody took at least four losses. Reggie had the upset of the year with CPA over Oakland, but not much else. Yeah. Well, uh, I would like to officially say we have a new leader in the clubhouse. Thanks for yeah. that, Cam. I didn't, want, I didn't mention it, but uh, since you brought Thanks it up. Coming. <laughs> not just not just first place, second place changed too. Yeah, I I have uh, been oh. dethroned. I will return the favor there. So one and two switch, one two and three have switched for the first time, pretty much all season. So let's look over that week eight mess real quick. Um, yeah, there's a lot of red on that screen. If you're watching it, uh, Reggie had CPA over Oakland. Uh, I guess he was onto something because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Tom. And over Greenbrier, he may have been the Reggie may have been the only uh, creature in Tennessee that had CPA. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, and he caught he caught flack for it too. The pick last week, he did catch flack, but he he was laughing for a little bit. But then, then on Friday, the losses started coming. Yeah. As we we'll see on this next screen, as we'll see on this next screen, um, yeah. We all missed on Ravenwood at Centennial. Um, half of us got beach over Springfield. We all missed station camp against Wilson Central. And then we were split four and two toward Nolensville over Page. So now that we get that out of the way, uh, the, the full season looks a little bit better. A little oh, bit better. Cam. Cam, we always say single-digit losses are a good thing, and Cam was the only one that managed that this week. So the gap, the gap's closing a little bit, so I got I to gotta step it up. Getting there. Fifteen, fifteen 15 games behind. Yeah. Yeah. Good but night. See, see the bottom of the screen there. Scott had Crittenden County over Liberty, Liberty Creek last week, as I told you. So Tom had Creekwood over Greenbrier Cam, nailed Tullahoma and Mount Julie Christians wins. And I don't really care whether I get them or not, as long as I'm in first place. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get to these picks for week number nine, starting with Laverne at Overton on Thursday night, another key region game for the Bobcats and we're all just going to take Overton in that Thursday night tilt. I don't know that there's really a lot of explanation here. Overton is the better team in my opinion, and they're playing good football right now. Had it not been for a couple of turnovers, they could easily have beaten Cambridge last week. hundred percent. Uh, exactly what I was about to say, Chris, uh, you know, they're now they only lost 21 to 12. Uh, you know, they had some unfortunate turnovers. I believe a couple turnovers inside the uh, Raven territory. Yep. With a chance to put up points, and, and I don't know for sure. Did uh, 
Juice Majors playing that game or no? He's not. He's not back yet. Uh, they hope to have him back soon, but no uh, timetable for his return yet. Please, if that is the case, this Overton team is a team to watch, especially when it comes time for the playoffs. Yeah, and they played yeah. well without him. I mean, Laverne has some speed. I mean, you know, Zante Clark is a dynamic runner. Uh, you know, Isaiah Banner. Uh, they better not kick to him because Isaiah Banner can return it. But I think just as an overall team, Overton, Overton's an, a, a, a pretty solid team on all fronts. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a skilled group that you don't really want to see on the opposite line when the playoffs come. So you know, yep. whoever in Region 5 finishes second or third may have a tough matchup on their hands with the Bobcats. Um, just a reminder, you can vote at 615preps.com about all of 10 of these games this week as well. Voting runs up until 6 o'clock on Thursday. White's Creek and Trialstow County, speaking of Thursday night, this one is important for Trialstow County because it is their last stand. If they want to keep that playoff streak going, they've got to win out, and it starts here. Well, you know, White's Creek's another team that's uh, really got a having a offensive brown out. Um, you know, in their three region games, they've got six points. Um, of course, two of those teams are against Watertown and Westmoreland, but still, you know, Trials of County. This is kind of one of those games that really could ro- roll either way. Um, but I just think Trialsdale County, uh, just a little bit more than one dimensional than White's Creek. Yeah. That, yeah. The, uh, go the ahead, Sorry. Deal is, uh, you know, I'm Trials County alone and hearing word around on enlisted games. Uh, this Trials County team has gotten better this year, uh, as we expected. Uh, but the problem is they're still making just too many mistakes to win football games uh, in key pivotal situations. Uh, down to 21 kids on the team, it's, it's really bad for Charles County numbers. Uh, you know, they've been low in numbers before, but, uh, you know, it's really going to come down to uh, if Charles County can keep from making those mental errors. Uh, that's what's going to decide this game. I believe talent-wise, uh, it's pretty even. Uh, you know, this being at home helps Charles County. I look for them to get get their first win this season, uh, but it will be a close ball game. Yeah. The thing with Trialstow County, they have scored more points in region play than Weiss Creek has through three games, so that, that does play in their favor here. Um, I think they do get win number one and keep that streak alive at least for another couple of weeks. Uh, they'll have to beat Watertown as well to get in. That's their only I'll path. We prepare for that one. Yep. So, four of us on Trialstow County. Reggie's going with the Cobras of Weiss Creek in that particular game. Rockville at Blackman as we start the Friday night group, and we are all on Blackman with the exception of Reggie, who's going contrarian again. Yeah, Blackman, um, that offense is just a, a juggernaut at times. And Rockville losing their starting quarterback in that game against Nolansville uh, really took the wind out of their sails that they that they had going earlier in the season. I like uh, Blackman to win because of the offense. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, Blackman's had a week to get over the Oakland loss and focus on Rockvale. Um, last year, Rockvale beat them 50 to 45. So you got a little bit of that revenge factor uh, going there. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I foresee a big game from Justin Brown on both sides of the ball in this game. And I think that uh, I, I expect a big game out of him. I, and I think Blackman just uh, just has too much with Rockvale. Uh, being without their quarterback. Yeah, Rockville's going to have to look at that Stewart's Creek film against Blackman to kind of see a semi-blueprint of how they're going to have to attack Blackman and, and play clock control ball because that's really what it's going to come down to. If you can keep Blackman's offense off the field long enough, you might be able to limit their possessions and, and limit their scoring. But at the same time, you've got to be able to put points up. And, and can Rockville do that? That's the biggest question. I'm not sure that they'll be able to outscore Blackman in this one. I'm going with the Blaze as a result. Beach at Gallatin, another one of those games that uh, Beach can win the region with the win over in this one, but Gallatin could open the door for themselves in Clarksville, too, if they were to win this one. But we're all going with the Buccaneers to get the job done in Gallatin and, and take that region title. Yeah, Beach is, I think, uh, what is it, 10 years now that they've uh, they've had on, the, on Gallatin in this game. I, I don't think it ends here. I think that uh, Beach is just a little bit more solid all the way around. Uh, it's going to be a, a 
it's going to be a ground game. Neither one of these teams likes to throw. So, I mean, it, it could be an early game <laughs> if they just keep it on, on the ground. Uh, but I, I just think Beach has a little bit too much, and I think their defense is better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, here we are in week nine, and we're still talking about teams that uh, make mistakes. And, and, you know, in Galton's losses, they just made too many mistakes. Uh, you know, that's a, not a good thing to have with a football team. They have the horses to uh, – uh, win this game and not only win this game, but make a run in the playoffs, guys. You know, when you got a guy that uh, with as, as much talent as Gene Merriweather, I mean, he's a game changer on special teams, defense, offense, the whole nine. Uh, it's just really going to come down to can Galton. It's stable versus stable as far as running backs go. And I believe Beaches is just a little bit better. And I think their defense is a little bit better. So I like the Buccaneers to uh, win the region. The way, yeah. these, the way these teams run the ball, don't blink or you might miss a quarter. <laughs> In this one. Yeah, absolutely. I think that Noah Watson and Bronco Hanks are going to be the, the key to this game, the linebackers for Beach. Good pastor at Davidson Academy. A couple of uh, neighborhood teams going at it in region play there in Division Two AA. And we all like the Bears to be good pasture. And it's important for seeding, too, because in that 4-5 seed over there in that region, you know, they don't want to have to see – a potential elimination game and winning this game would keep them away from it. Yeah. The bears got off to a little bit of a slow start this year. Uh, wanted up getting, uh, uh, Simmons back. And ever since then, that offense has really taken off. You know, they lost a shootout to national Christian, but, uh, I really like that bears offense and I think they score enough to win. This was a tough game for me to pick. I actually think that good pasture is much better than they've been. Uh, they've got a, a really good solid bruising back in Musa Wellman and uh, a good solid quarterback uh, in Jaron Elkins that actually can run the ball very, very well. But, you know, you get back, uh, you, you get back uh, your, your playmaker, uh, your quarterback's playing extremely well. Um, and your the young kids are learning, you know, they've got uh, Harper and, and Seabrooks up front, uh, Seabrooks leads in tackles and uh, and sacks. I just think that uh, Davidson Academy is a, a little bit stronger team defensively. Yep. On to page two, we've got Pearl Cone and Greenbrier. The uh, Greenbrier coming off a loss to Creekwood, but Pearl Cone got away from Marshall County in the second half of their game last week. We're all on the Firebirds this week. Yeah, it's, it's you know... It, Pearl Cone is just a, a, a runaway train right now. Uh, they're they're performing in all phases: the offensive, defense, special teams. Um, you know they're, they're they're turning opponents over. I just think that it's uh, you know, there's just a little too much speed and a little too much uh, a little too much size for uh, for Greenbrier this week. Yeah, you know, last year, you know, in this ball game, Greenbrier hung in there for three quarters. I believe it in the third quarter it was seven nothing. Uh, that won't happen this year. I, I don't believe that Pearl Cone will come in uh, overlooking Greenbrier. I look for them to come in focused and sharp mentally. Uh, I think the Firebirds uh, jump on the Bobcats early, and Greenbrier, I'm not sure that they have the offensive firepower to get back in it. Yeah, Greenbrier has scored pretty much half of what Pearl Cone has put up this year so far offensively this year. And the Firebirds can win Region 5-4A with a win in this game as well, so that's something else to look forward to for them in that contest. Station Camp at Portland, it's a non-region game for these two teams, but both these teams would like to keep winning and head toward the playoffs with some momentum. Station Camp in a bit of trouble in their region, but they could use a win nonetheless. And I am on Station Camp as well as Tom and uh, Scott, Cam and Reggie have Portland. Yeah, tough game to pick here for me. Uh one thing that I just love that stable of backs that Portland has uh, with, with uh, Piro and Dowlin and uh, Freddie uh, Paxton there, uh, all three of them can take it to the house when they play and station camps kind of reeling after a couple of tough region losses. You know, they got a super uphill battle for them to try to make the playoffs in their region. Uh, I just think this Panther team is, I think they're going to be a little bit excited about the possibility of uh, facing Springfield without Devin Grinshaw, possibly. Uh, I like for them to win a tough one, but I will also add huge revenge game here for Station Camp as they were undefeated last year going into this ball game. 
uh, and Portland knocked them off. And, and ever since, you know, after that loss, uh, station camp season didn't quite uh, go the way that they wanted it to. Yeah. This station camp uh, team is a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a mystery. You know, they, they come in losing their last two and three of the last five. Um, you know, this would be a game for them to get well against, but uh, much like uh, Cam, uh, you know, the, the three, the three headed monster, as they call them uh, to me are, are uh, very important, but I think really the, the key to this game is, is the line, the defensive line, the size that Portland has, uh, if they can uh, contain the quarterback for station camp, which I think they can do, especially with Paxton on the outside to, to kind of, shut those corners down for station camp to pass, then I think that uh, Portland has a really good shot at this game. And I think that, and th- and that's the reason I'm going with them. I just think that the line and size of us, of Portland is maybe just a little too much for station camp. I went with the Bison simply because this is a spot where Portland could be looking ahead. And if they get caught looking ahead, they'll drop this game to station camp. If you're looking ahead to Springfield at all, that's not a good thing, and, and Station Camp needs a bounce back in a big way to try to close this thing out strong. So I'm looking for the Bison to bounce back in this one, and Portland will put up a heck of a fight with that backfield that you guys were talking about, and yeah. this could be a good, very close game for these two teams. Oakland at Riverdale. Usually this game would headline things for us, but the way Riverdale has had some struggles this year, this does not look all that promising for them against, against the Patriots, who now come in here having – dropped the game for the first time since 2019. Well, yeah, you talk about uh, the streak. The streak's over, and I think that's going to be more of a relief than it is a curse because uh, a lot of times when you have that, that streak hanging over you, you it, it, it's like a weight. You know, you don't want to be the one that drops the ball, so you press, and then you, you get out of position because you're not trusting your teammates and, and, and you know, things just kind of snowball. That's gone. You know, they don't have to worry about that anymore. Now they just have to worry about, you know, crushing whoever is happens to roll in front of them. Unfortunately, this week for Riverdale, it's the Warriors. Um, I, I just I, I see this as a chance for Oakland to refocus and 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 recharge and take out uh, take out some frustration. Yeah, you know, being around Coach Kevin Creasy when he was at Trailsdale County, uh I can guarantee that uh, this is probably the best week of practice that they've had uh, in maybe over a year. Uh, you know, he's one of – talk about him being the most prepared coach in the state. Uh, I don't think I've seen a team uh, – one of his teams get uh, – I'll just call it what it is. They were dominated on Friday night by CPA physically. Um, and I think that they will come out ready to go, as Scott mentioned, and, I would hate to be a warrior this week. <laughs> I will say this about Riverdale's defense, though. That's a unit that can carry things on their back. They did so against Siegel a couple of weeks ago, and it helped them win a game they had to have. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily have to have this one, but you know they need to have a good showing regardless, and they don't want to get themselves blown out by any means. If Riverdale is to have a chance to win this game, they've got to be sound defensively and not give up big plays, period. Bottom line, that's it's that's what that the key for them is this weekend. But we're all taking the Patriots to win that one. In that region, Stewart's Creek plays Siegel, and this is an important for, one for both teams. Stewart's Creek is in a position to get a playoff spot if they can keep winning. Siegel has to have it in order to have any shot at a postseason berth themselves. Reggie's going with the Stars, but the rest of us are on the Red Hawks. And tough game to pick here, guys. Um, Really like that Seagull defense and what they were able to do, especially early on in the year. But this Stewart's Creek team is just hot right now, guys. I couldn't go against uh, the Red Hawks. Now, the thing is that Seagull has, uh, you know, Thomas San- uh, Santel, the quarterback, is is a lot of their offense. They ha- haven't been able to get Corey Sims untracked of late. Um, I think that uh, going head-to-head, yeah, that's – pretty tough offense but i just think that stewart creek who has their own three-headed monster in the backfield uh led by javarian Odie, is uh just a little bit too strong and as you said cam they're on a roll uh right now they they're playing uh, some of the best ball in rutherford county 
and I think that, uh, you know, this game is really, really important to them. I, I just feel like Stewart's Creek uh, comes out of this one. Yeah, the Stewart's Creek has a big matchup with Riverdale in week 11, but they need to get this one to have that one have any meaning for themselves. So an important one for both teams, but Stewart's Creek in, in particular needs to keep winning if they want a playoff spot. And that brings us to our spotlight game of the week, which is East Robertson and Westmoreland. We've talked about you know these two teams for several weeks leading up to this game. We talked to Chase Brooks earlier in the show, and, and now it's time to pick a winner here. And the four of us were split. Scott, you and I have East Robertson, Tom and Cameron, Westmoreland. Uh, Cam, I want you to start and, and give it the Westmoreland view. Darn, I was going Lee Corso, Scott. But uh, the Westmoreland. <laughs> And this was actually brought to my attention earlier in the week uh, from a Westmoreland fan, and and I didn't I didn't really think about it. I knew Westmoreland's defense was was darn good. Uh, region games this year for Westmoreland, their score is ninety two for them and zero for their opponents. No region opponent has scored on Westmoreland. East Robertson has put up points plenty on everybody that they faced except Watertown. They had to put up 12, and one of those touchdowns being in overtime. Uh, I just think the defense is going to be too much for Westmoreland, uh, for East Robertson uh, to overcome. Uh, it will be a low-scoring game. I don't believe it's a uh, – this is probably a one-score game. Um, I got burnt earlier in the year picking against Westmoreland, uh, and I this I just think I love that senior leadership on that team with uh, Dawson Borders and Cameron Eden. Um you know, East Robertson's got the athletes out of the two teams for sure. Um, but speed, if speed can't get started, they can't burn you. So uh, I like uh, Westmoreland to win a really good football game, guys. If you want to watch a good football game, this is the one to go to this week. Yeah, I could think of a, I could think of a hundred reasons why I should pick Westmoreland in this game. But, you know, I, I've been on East Robertson on the bandwagon for East Robertson since the beginning of the season. I'm not jumping off now. Uh, yes, Eric Cam, everything you said is true. Uh, you know, you know, they're they're aside from making county, which is a five point loss, their other two losses uh, for Westmoreland were by point. So yeah, there there's a lot uh, there's a lot to say about the Westmoreland defense, but there's something special about this East Robertson team, and I think that uh, they've got a, a a chip on their shoulder. I think that. Uh, that the coaching staff will have these guys ready. And I think that, you know, they get out fast. I think they get out fast. And like you said, it may be a one score game. I think they get out fast, get the lead and kind of stay there. Yeah. Um, just speaking on that, uh, you know, Westmoreland is the more battle tested team. Although I will say that overtime game with Watertown could, as you know, later in this, season you know both of them are coming off bye weeks last week uh but that overtime game against watertown i believe it could have came at uh, a perfect time for east robertson really get them reback focused for that bye week uh, heading into this game but this is going to be a darn good football game guys i'm excited to be there i'll be there with chris uh, uh even if you come come to the game and then tune in on saturday uh, and watch the highlights on on uh, YouTube. This one's going to be a great football game. Yep. I know you guys are. I know everybody's waiting for this one. For, see what Reggie picks. Um, well, let's find out, Reggie. Who you got? Now it's the cat. I think I confused him. Reg. Reg. Looks like he's made his choice, huh? All right. Reggie's made his choice. And his choice is the Westmoreland Eagles. Crunch away, Ridge. 
Yep, it's uh, it's three two in favor of Westwood as Reggie takes the Eagles. Um, probably the biggest slow play pick he's ever had because he took a sweet <laughs> time there, Scott. Yeah, I know. I yeah, I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna start cutting his time. But if, if I want people to understand, he picks them. I don't do. A, I don't do a thing. <laughs> it, it is all on the cat. Well, he kind of had my approach, uh, you know, sit back and just look at things for a while before you make a decision. Well, let's face it. We all kind of hemmed and hawed around this one. Yeah. Yeah. And after last week, especially, it probably was a good idea to, to take a little more time to do some studying on this one. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's review what we've got so far. Uh, we're all on Overton over Laverne. Reggie is White's Creek over Trousdale County. The rest of us are on the Yellow Jackets. He's got Rockville over Blackman. The rest of us are on the Blaze. We've all got Beach over Gallatin. We've all got Davidson Academy over Good Pasture. On the page two, we've all got Pearl Cone over Greenbrier. Tom and I are on station camp. The rest of them are on the Panthers of Portland. Everybody's on Oakland over Riverdale. Reggie has Siegel over Stewart's Creek, and the rest of us are on the Red Hawks. Tom, Cam, and Reggie have the Eagles of Westmoreland, and Scott and I are on East Robertson in our spotlight game of the week. And that, folks, is all the damage we can do into who you got. Guys, let's uh, let's get out of here with one last word before we go. Go ahead, Scott. Well, all I was going to say was, uh, you know, from time to time when we're out at games, uh, you know, some of you have been really uh, nice coming up and saying nice things about us and, you know, I won't tell you what they're saying about Chris, but um, no, you've been, you know, you guys are, are great. And, you know, I've talked about the unsung heroes of games and, and things of that nature, but it's you. You guys are, you know, are what making this this go. Your views right now, uh, hey, we we got some more. We got some more subscribers. We're up to, uh, we're 302 away from our goal. Um, just keep it up. Tell your friends, uh, you know, interact with us. We had, uh, you know, we had some banner on the scoreboard show. Love it. Just keep, uh, just keep interacting with us and let us know what it is that you guys like, don't like, would like to see different. Scott, I'm a little curious now as to what they're saying about me, but you know, I'm too old to care at this point. (laughs) Cam, you're up next. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's week nine. It is a light week, uh, but there's still several great games in our area, guys. That uh, Portland Station Camp game should be a good one. Beach Gallatin, huge rivalry game. That's going to be a great atmosphere. Uh, it could be a great game if Gallatin cleans up the mistakes. Uh, but, guys, we picked the right uh, game of the week this week. There's no doubt about it. East Robertson versus Westmoreland. Uh, coming from a small school and being around small schools most of uh, both my high school years as well as my uh, career in media, um, guys, this is what it's all about for small school football. You know, region championship, uh, that's, that's stuff that you put on your letterman's jacket. That's stuff that you, you know, tell your kids and your grandkids about uh, 20, 30, 40 years down the line. Uh, and both of these teams have not had this opportunity in several years. Uh, huge game on the rock pile. Uh, one thing I will lastly add, uh, I will not be on the scoreboard show again Saturday as – uh, Scott and uh, Chris know I'm a season ticket member for Tennessee, so uh, I'm going to say go Vols. And, Chris, you can edit this out if you want to. It is Bama week, and we don't give a damn about the whole state of Alabama. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out because, I mean, I'm, I'll am i sing the song too. I don't care. But, uh, no, well, Sam, well said, Cam. Um, yeah, for me, I want to go back to Friday night, last Friday night for a moment, and the Paige Nolensville game. And, what kind of atmosphere that was. I want to say, first off, well done by both the Paige and the Nolensville student sections. Uh, Paige had a, a student pass away from leukemia a couple a few days, just a short time ago, and both sections were orange in his honor. And it was a really nice thing to see for both those communities to come together, especially after the game and, and meet at midfield and, and share some moments together. You know, there are some things bigger than football, and that was one real good example of it. It was a great atmosphere for the game itself, just because you know the communities were up for it, no one's fault. Never had that kind of attention before, even though they've had success, and they shined in the spotlight. And when it came down to crunch time, their players made some of the biggest plays, and they won that game in overtime as a result. This week is really no different for with East Robertson and Westmoreland, just on a smaller scale. And it's like Cam said, 
these smaller schools, they live for this kind of game. And the atmosphere there, there may not be as many people as was it known for Friday night, but don't you dare say the energy was, is any less because I can promise you it'll be there. Those teams want it just as bad as anybody else. And that's why when we started this, we promised we were never going to ignore the smaller schools. That's why we're going where we're going this week. And I'm looking forward to getting up to West Point. I've seen many games there. I've covered many games there. It's a great atmosphere for football, especially this time of year when it's getting colder. And, you know, you've got to put a jacket on and you're a West Point football game. It's a pretty good place when that team's good. So looking forward to it. It's going to be a great one. And I know having Cam there, we'll have plenty of coverage for you guys as well. And even though your team might be off this week, there's no excuse for you not to be following us on social media and on YouTube and everything else that we're doing that uh, you've got your, you've got your phone, you've got your phone basically right in your hand pretty much every time. So you can see what we're up to. That's, that's all I got. That's all the damage we can do folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to the mid state 48 powered by miracle auto group. Uh, we will talk to you Saturday morning on the scoreboard show minus cam, of course. And hopefully we'll have Tom Duggan back next week. Want to say best wishes to him and his family as well. They're having some health issues, unfortunately. So I want to say get well to all y'all. For Scott and for Cam, I'm Chris. We're out. We'll see you next time. Go Vols, baby. 